Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, hosting a special conversation today with the Yoga Hour's founder, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Today we'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. And while yoga the word itself is very familiar to most people today in America. Uh, it is usually heard as a in a very limited fashion as some form of physical exercise or stretching perhaps. But actually, yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity. The bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. And our topic today is four goals for spiritually conscious living, purpose, prosperity, pleasure, and freedom. And this is the first episode of a monthly series on Dharma, where Yogacharya will be joining me in a conversation every month. So today we're going to be discussing the four goals that are essential for spiritually conscious living, the importance of knowing what they are and the steps to achieving them. And as I said, I'm very fortunate today to have Yogacharya O'Brien here with me and to be starting on this new series on Dharma. As many listeners know, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien is the founding director and host of this program, The Yoga Hour. She's an acclaimed spiritual teacher, writer, poet, and founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga Meditation Center with headquarters in San Jose, California. She was ordained to teach in the Kriya Yoga tradition by her guru, Roy Eugene Davis, in 1982. Yogacharya teaches nationally and internationally and has 
received several community service awards, including the 2015 Mahatma Gandhi Award for the promotion of religious pluralism. Her new book of poetry, The Moon Reminded Me, was published earlier this year. And her websites are ellengraceobrien.com and csecenter.org. Welcome, Yogacharya. Welcome, Umaji. I'm so delighted that we can have this conversation today on the Yoga Hour. This is really wonderful to be with you in this way and to have the opportunity to talk about dharma, a topic that's uh, so important to our lives and really close to my heart. Well, great. So, before we dive into our dialogue about the about Dharma and starting with the four goals for spiritually conscious living. Would you lead us in a brief meditation? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. The sound of Om, the primal sound, the natural mantra to soothe the mental field and help us turn inward. Let's pause for a moment of meditation. So just take this moment as your yoga moment, a moment to breathe. A moment to let your mind become quiet. A moment to reconnect with your essence of being, your essential self. So with your breath now, breathe in and feel your breath. Feel the air as it enters your nostrils. Feel it touch back of your throat. Feel your lungs expand, your abdomen And then gently contract, feel the muscles pulling in, and the warm air moving back out through your nostrils. Just simple and easy breath, and awareness of that breath. We don't try to change the breath, we just observe it. It's like you could just... Stand at the doorway of your own breath, like your breath is moving in and out of that building we call the body, and you are the doorkeeper of the breath. So you watch the breath come in, you observe the breath move out again. And now as you feel the breath move in, see if you can gently straighten your spine, sit up a little straighter, have your head erect, move your shoulders back and down. And with that body position that is intentional to be awake and aware, Just notice the fullness of this moment, your own wholeness, your own 
completeness, your own satisfaction with just being, just being who you are right here and right now. At the heart, this is yoga, being restored to wholeness, returning to our true self. Let's take the peace that we find within now and share it with all beings everywhere. Let your attention move out now and take that inner peace with an intention to share it with all beings everywhere. Oh, thank you so much, Umaji. That was really that was really lovely. I love beginning our conversations with that little bit of uh, grounding meditation. Yeah, it's great to do unless you're driving in a car and listening to the <laughs> podcast, and then you should do the meditation part later. That's right. So, welcome as a guest, or for this series of conversations, I should say, um, for to the Yoga Hour. And I'm really looking forward to these conversations and the ability to explore the many facets of, of uh, Dharma with you. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to start this conversation about the four main goals of life, which include Dharma. So, these four goals were actually set forth in the Vedas, the oldest scripture known to humanity. And as I mentioned, the four goals are purpose, prosperity, pleasure, and freedom. So, how did you first become interested in these four goals? Well, I think for me, hearing about these goals as I studied the teachings of Kriya Yoga, um, it was very heartening to me to find that the spiritual life could be and should be so practical. Um, that yoga is, is really a how to live system, you know, how to live, um, and be spiritually awake and aware and be able to be fulfilled, be able to make a contribution, uh, to life while we're here. So, um, uh, it interested me profoundly um, to hear the teachings um, that Paramahansa Yogananda put forth saying, you know, we should not separate the spiritual and the material. And of course, he had heard this from his uh, guru and and uh, other teachers in the lineage that um, this expression of the reality that we call God or spirit is a continuum. Um, and, and so there is no separation between the material and the spiritual realms. We have different ways of talking about it, but it's one life, one reality. And so... You know, for me, finding out that living my spiritual life was, <clears throat> was really learning how to live, <clears throat> excuse me, a purposeful life was really heartening to me. Well, that's, that's great. And, um, I, I love that, um, that, uh, comment or that statement about the spiritual plane, um, not being different from you know the earthly plane that there's that's it's all on a continuum so what are the benefits that you have seen in your own life from learning about these four goals 
Well, I think as as I was just pointing out, we could start there. You know, the idea that our spiritual life, our spiritual practice is not something to take us out of the world, but it is something that will have us become more effective at living our lives in a higher way. You know, we're... um, talking about these goals, and um, we look at dharma, the first goal. It's really living with higher purpose. It's learning to live our life in harmony with the infinite. And um, and so the, the, the benefit of that is that... Um, uh, I mean, I, I I could probably take the whole program just listing them, but it it is that mm, we come to live in a very different way in which life is seen as holy. That's what I would say. Life is seen as holy, it's sacred, and it's not an idea about life. It's the reality of life that we're that we're we're living in the aliveness of God and we are in this cooperative relationship with the infinite. And so the goals of life as set forth in the Vedas are to help us learn that, you know, how to live a fulfilled life, how to live a purposeful life, and how to live a life in harmony with the infinite. So I would say the greatest benefit for me is that um, my life with yoga became multidimensional, you know, not two-dimensional like me and it, <laughs> but, but um, just being in the midst of this uh, shimmering uh, one reality, this aliveness that is everything. Mm, Just beautiful. So this is the yoga hour, this program, and we talk about Kriya Yoga. So how do these four goals of life that came from the Vedas, how do they relate to Kriya Yoga? Well, you know, Kriya Yoga, many people are familiar with um, from Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, which is a classic for spiritual seekers and has been since it came out in the 1940s. Um, so people often associate Kriya Yoga with the practices um, that he talks about in that book of uh, meditation practices, of pranayama practices, practices um, that uh, are scientific and um, and that that lead to higher states of consciousness. And, and Kriya Yoga is that, but it is so much more than that. And uh, and really, uh, Kriya Yoga is a system. It's a how to live system. It's mm. a how to live um, a spiritual life um, that is uh, practical and is focused and is integrity in integrity with the truth of our being. So I found that these four goals, of course, are just inherent to the Kriya Yoga system because Kriya Yoga is about uh, waking up. It's about, um, let's say, living up, you know, living up, living <laughs> up, you know, to our highest uh, potential. Yeah. So it's about waking up and living up. Oh, oh that's great. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, our series is going to be about dharma or purpose, which is the first of the four goals. And the Sanskrit word dharma has many different meanings. So um, can you run through some of those with us and, and talk about how you define dharma? 
Well, I think I should say that, you know, there are, there are texts such as the Mahabharata um, and the Bhagavad Gita, which of course is a, is a part of the Mahabharata. Um, and these ancient texts are, um, in a sense, all about defining what dharma is. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, to, to say in a few words <clears throat> what dharma is, it doesn't quite do its service, but you know, it's it's a Sanskrit word, and um, the literal translation is "what holds together." What holds together, and if we if we think about the meaning of that, um, it, it refers to this fundamental sense of order, um, that which upholds all of life. So it has to do with this sense of um, divine order, the basis of all things working and being in harmony. So Dharma is sometimes called the way of righteousness or, you know, simply the way with a capital T and a capital W. Um, so it has to do, of course, with purpose, but Mm, purpose is in a way secondary to Dharma. What is fundamental to Dharma is, is that it refers to the, the order of things, you know, that, that which makes life what it is and, 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 and that divine order which we, we are a part of, we are an expression of and you know, usually until we wake up, we don't pay much attention to that. And when we wake up, we start asking the question of, you know, well, how do I live in harmony with this divine order? Um, and, you know, it, it, it touches every area of our life, you know. Uh, it touches the, the moral conscience that we have, the social order, the family order. Um, so sometimes it's also defined as a religious uh, duty or just, you know, duty. It has to do with, you know, what is ours to do, you know, in, in this overall uh, fundamental uh, divine order of things. So, so Dharma is what um, holds the stars up. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> that's beautiful. So um, you you touched on this a little bit, but the, you've been describing more the you know this global sense of of dharma that of course everyone should follow. But in addition, we also each have our own individual life purpose or sva dharma. So how does how does dar, how do dharma and sva dharma relate? Well, in a sense, you know, of course, Swadharma, I see, is really a subset of Dharma mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, we can say our overarching Dharma, our overarching purpose that is the same for everyone is to awaken spiritually to and, and to come to see, um, and by see, I mean realize this divine order that pervades all of life and this higher purpose, you know, that we are here to awaken to it, to know that it, it exists, and not only to know that it exists, but that it is expressing as each and every one of us. So in that sense, we are it. So, yeah. you know, our overarching dharma is to awaken to the truth of our being and then to learn to live from that 
perspective, you know, so that's, that's, that's a big shift, you know, from living from the egoic um, perspective of, you know, I am, you know, whatever, you know, my, my role, my personality, my body, mind complex to, you know, I am the divine in expression. I am part of all that is. I am part of this fundamental order. I'm part of this majesty of the universe and, you know, how I live in that divine order makes a difference. And the more that I try to get and uh, live for myself alone, the more I bring suffering to myself and others. And the more that I can expand my consciousness and um, live from the perspective of wholeness, of oneness, um, the more I can bring forth compassion and healing and blessing um, for others and for myself in the world. So, we all share that that overarching dharma is the same for every person at every time you know it was the same for our parents and grandparents and their parents and grandparents and uh, in in whatever country you live in whatever culture you live in dharma that fundamental dharma is the same you know mm-hmm. wake up and and learn to see this reality of god live in harmony with it and then swadharma you know has to do with our individual expression you know that has to do with the time that we're living in it has to do with our our role in society our role in the family you know what our responsibilities are at an individual level and it has to do with what our gifts are so you know sometimes people think about you know swadharma uh, in terms of well you know just you know what are my individual talents and um, how can I express, you know, these creative urges that I have or, you know, skills that I have. And, and that is certainly a part of it, but it's not the only part of it because this fundamental part of Dharma is responsibility or duty that to the whole. Mm. And so um, Swadharma also carries that um, as we look at, you know, responsibility that we have to our family, our, you know, to our community uh, as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of that is about teaching us how to be a global or a, a, a divine global citizen, right? Mm. Yes, yes. So, as I mentioned, you had a new book of poetry out earlier this year called The Moon Reminded Me, and several of the poems in that book really relate to the spiritual journey of awakening to our higher purpose. Would you share a poem from The Moon Reminded Me with us? Oh, sure. I would love to do that. And um, I'm thinking about, um, you know, how I was talking about that. Waking up to this beauty of life, waking up to this shimmering reality that mm. um, this infinite potential that 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 is our life. So I, I thought about this poem called "The Beloved's Gift." It's really about how life is always inviting us to wake up. You know, as I'm sitting here talking with you, I can look out my window and there's been a a little monarch butterfly uh, Mm -hmm. dancing around at the the top of the little tree outside my window and, um, you know, the light just touching that and 
you know, nature, of course, is a great way to call us to remember the divine. And, you know, beauty is often, I think, one of God's uh, calling cards. So this is kind of like that, you know, just waking up to the beauty of it. It's called The Beloved's Gift. Everything shines in the pure light of morning. Everything shines in the pure light of morning. We, even we who close our eyes at night, weary of the world, awaken each day the glimmering kiss of the beloved still shining upon our brows. Hear the call. The call comes. Blades of grass hear it, standing in the meadow as brides, wearing beads of radiance, the color of surrender. The call comes. Blades of grass hear it, standing in the meadow as brides, wearing beads of radiance, the color of surrender. Hear the call. Hasten to prayer as they do. Turn to the one who has kissed you, bend before love. Mm. Really beautiful. Thank you. And with that, we're moving to the break. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour with our special conversation today with Yoga Charya Ellen Grace O'Brien, founder and the host of the Yoga Hour. You can find out more about Yogacharya and her work at the websites ellengraceobryan.com and csecenter.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and when we come back from the break, we'll explore more about the four goals and how to attain them. Stay with us. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. This is Reverend Ellen Devonport at Unity Village. Unity is supporting our friends who are dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Unity of Houston has offered to be a clearinghouse for donations that it will use to help others in the area. Or you could give to the Red Cross or other agencies, or just Google Harvey How to Help. But the most powerful thing you can do is to pray. Call Silent Unity 24-7 at 1-800-NOW-PRAY or go online to unity.org. We are all one, and we will get through this together. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. 
If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm joined today by the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya has published several books and audio programs about meditation, mindfulness, and spiritual living, and her current online course is quite relevant to our topic today. It's called Dharma 365, Dharma 365, A Year of Living Purposefully. You can find out more about Dharma 365 at the website ellengraceobrien.com and more about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. So we are talking about the four goals in life for spiritually conscious living. And before the break, we were talking about svadharma or individual life purpose. And we're going to be talking a lot about dharma and svadharma in the coming months. But, but Umaji, how about a little preview? If, if you don't know your life's purpose, how do you go about finding it? What practices will help? Uh, I think it's, Helpful not to worry about it too much. <laughs> one thing, one thing I notice is, um, there's a certain quality of desperation that kicks in for people sometimes, you know, when they hear yeah. these, they hear these four goals and, you know, life is like live your life with purpose and, you know, you are here according to the divine purpose. And, and then, and then people get literally, uh, you know, beside themselves, um, which I think is the such a great saying because we we don't want to be beside ourselves we we want to occupy ourselves be fully connected to ourselves because that's where we discover you know our divine unfoldment so the first thing is you know don't don't worry about it um because awareness of it will will gradually unfold um and it's not you know, Dharma is is less something that you need to go and do, and it's more about, you know, what we are becoming, you know, what we are to be, how the qualities of God, the divine qualities uh, can express uh, with, within us. So... Um, so first, I say, don't worry about it. And because then, you know, as you follow your spiritual practice and you meditate and the mind gets more quiet, your intuition naturally gets stronger and, and you begin, you know, you just live in the question, right? What is mine right. to, you know, to do and to be? Um, and who do I need to be in, in order for God to be God in me, uh, for that to express more fully and, um, 
So your intuition awakens and also when we meditate, we remove some of the obstructions that keep us from bumping into divine support. And, uh, you know, divine support is always there. And uh, when we, you know, stop fussing and worrying and so much and we just can sit down and get clear, um, yes. you know, things become clearer to us and, and we... We find opportunities open up that are of interest to us, and and the path gets lit um, from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lovely. I I would say one other thing. You know, I remember my teacher saying early on um, that, of course, worked you know worked like magic for me. Which is, you know, if you don't know what is yours to do, then Serve someone who's doing something that inspires you. Mm. And so that was my path of, you know, f- discovering my Swadharma was in, to the best of my ability, serving my teacher, mm. um, you know, supporting his work as I could early on in the world, you know, whatever that meant. You know, maybe I set up the book table when he came and, you know, passed out literature, you know, just did whatever I could do to help people find out about his work. Um, I didn't have a work. I wasn't teaching at the time. Um, but, you know, his work had really inspired me, transformed my life. And so I wanted to help that. And so sometimes when we'll just take a step towards, you know, lifting up uh, someone or something that resonates with us, then along the way, you know, our gifts uh, are uh, revealed to us and our, and like I say, the path is lit from within. Yes, and I, I really wanted to double underline uh, what you were saying about meditation and my, my own experience about that is it, is that it's so helpful to, um, awaken my intuition. That clarity that you were talking about that comes, you know, with a meditation practice is just so helpful to have an intuition that's more, um, I don't know, like the volumes turned up a little bit or something and then the discernment, you know, the discernment becomes keener. You can see more clearly, like you're saying, the light turns up from within. So we're going to be talking a lot more about Dharma, but why don't we turn to the second goal of of Artha, or prosperity, uh, listed by the Vedas. And when we say prosperity, it's not just any kind of prosperity. It's the prosperity needed for one to accomplish one's Dharma. So um, how how do you view this goal, the second goal of prosperity or arta, and how does it differ from just prosperity as in material accumulation of things, including wealth? Well, it's interesting, you know, that that as far as I have seen and, you know, spiritual traditions that I've looked into, um, there's always this conundrum about wealth. And you can find, you know, you can weigh in on the other side of that issue, uh, either side. You know, you can find scriptural support, um, even in the Vedas or certainly in um, Hebrew scriptures or Christian scriptures, um, you, you can find support on either side. You know, is wealth good or bad? Is wealth good? Yes. Is it bad? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, the, the answer is 
you know, it depends on how it is is used. It depends on on how one comes to it. It depends on how it is used. And so, um, I was really delighted to find wealth as one of the four great goals of life because it puts it in the perspective of um, a spiritual. Um, framework. And so generally you see the four goals of life in the order of, you know, Dharma. Uh, dharma is this higher purpose, uh, living in harmony with the infinite, Arta or wealth, um, but it comes in relationship to Dharma. So this means that the wealth that, that we acquire needs to be in harmony with the divine order of things. So it, it can't be wealth that comes, um, you know, in an unethical way, for example. Mm. Um, and we hold it in relationship to, you know, how we contribute um, to to the well-being of all and to living with a higher purpose and, you know, to being able to fulfill um, what what is ours to do. And so it's interesting that we find, um, you know, in the scriptures, like I say, sometimes, you know, they can say, you know, wealth can can be the greatest burden um, because it, it can be a complete distraction and take a person into bondage because the natural human tendency, um, if we're if it's not held in the restraint of Dharma, is simply to want more and more. And I think you know all of us. Um, I would be surprised if somebody said they haven't experienced it. Uh, I don't know what I would say about that because no matter what it is, you know, we we get one, if it's a thing, you know, you get that thing and um, after a while you want another thing. And, uh, and, you know, either you want a new version of the thing you had, you know, the latest version of it, or you just want more of it. So it's just a, it's a natural tendency of the desire mechanism, uh, to want more and more. And so held in the Dharmic uh, framework, art, uh, is to, is to be able to curb that desire for personal uh, accumulation or greed and um, to be able to transform um, that desire, which is a natural desire, um, in, into um, a higher order of contributing to the well-being of others mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I would be surprised, too, to meet someone who said they didn't they did relate to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So turning to the third goal now, I think people are often surprised to see the the goal of pleasure or comma in this list. And I I think it's because the idea of pursuing a goal of pleasure doesn't really sound very spiritual. So what does pleasure mean in the context of the four life goals? Well, first, let's say, you know, isn't it very interesting? I think it is part Perhaps, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's part of the Western mindset. I was going to say that, but I don't know. I think all religious traditions have some far end of austerity to them that is body denying and life denying. You know, we find that in scriptures from the East. We find it in scriptures of yoga uh, as well. Um, and so, 
there's that, you know, we're back to that division, you know, between um, body and spirit, right? Um, the, the earth and the heavens and, you know, those fundamental splits like that that um, are really not healthy for us to be able to recognize the wholeness of it all and to live our lives um, completely. And so... Um, for, you know, first it's just interesting to recognize that, you know, we have some kind of um, inherited, I guess, inherited uh, idea that if you're spiritual, uh, your life is not going to be pleasurable, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, would be a, a really good reason why people would stay away from the spiritual path. <laughs> well, it sounds very sounds very Puritan, doesn't it? Well, I guess Puritanical. yeah. That's what I was going to say about our, our heritage. But then again, you know, I was just thinking when we look at all the traditions, you know, we can certainly find scriptures that are about you know um, denying the body and the pleasures of the body. But you know, it's the same thing, it, really, energetically, as how we look at wealth. Um, it has to do, you know, with the purpose and understanding the mechanism, you know, of desire, um, really. But back to your question, you know, what does it mean in, in the context of the four life goals? You know, for me, it means that we're here um, to fulfill our purpose of living a divine life. And part of living a divine life is being able to live in joy. And there's a connection between pleasure and joy. Um, you know, our, our quality of the soul is, is joy, ananda or bliss. And so, um, it's it's discovering you know how life can be joy and in a sense what that higher the higher joy is and and you know if your spiritual practice doesn't have any joy in it um it's not really spiritual practice it's just punishment mm. right and much harder to st- much harder to stick with <laughs> exactly if, uh, if you're in that well i was thinking about um just some of the really simple, um, wonderful joys of life, like to have a beautiful day, or as you were talking about earlier, to watch a butterfly, you know, outside your window. Mm-hmm. And there's a, that, you know, mindfulness or quality of awareness that um, enhances that, you know, pleasure and, um, you know, brings us into those, you know, wonderful and wonderful moments of, of fullness. Yeah, and we have now, you know, some really good reports coming out from the field of neuroscience about our health and our well-being and how these things that, that bring us pleasure, that bring us joy, de-stress our system, right? Mm-hmm. Remove stress from the body and mind, you know. So, I mean, even better than watching the butterfly out my window is to go outside in my window to sit in the garden, you know, just feel the breeze and, um, you know, and, or go for a walk, you know, just going out into nature is a, is a great way to feel pleasure. And as I said, you know, this pleasure that de-stresses the body and mind that helps us, you know, be clearer, right. To be able to be more responsive, um, to the divine urge, um, within us. And, and the other thing, that um, can bring us joy and um, 
and is really an important uh, part of our spiritual life, important part of our life period, is our relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, oftentimes when people come on the spiritual path, that's their stress point. You know, relationship is a stress point for people. Um you know, all kinds of things. You know, not having uh, emotional maturity is a stressor. Um, you know, not having a um, healthy environment, you know, addiction in the relationship or, you know, whatever whatever the problems are in relationships. So a lot of times that will drive people to the spiritual path because there's that fundamental need to have connection that we have and to have healthy connection. Um, and that's part of what brings us joy and um, is one of the factors really that contributes to a longevity for human beings, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, social interaction. There's this really no question. There's a huge uh, body of evidence um, about that, that it really um, extends people's lives. Mm-hmm. So there's joy. <laughs> there should be joy in that. But I, I want to put in a plug for this, this Kriya Yoga and the spiritual practices being... Um, practical because you know when you dive into kriya yoga and you learn these relational principles um what we call the yamas and niyamas the restraints and observances that really teach us how to be in a relationship consciously so relationships get healed you know as we get healed you know as we become uh, self-sufficient we stop being so needy you know and all those things that happen and then you know our relationships can be a source of joy and pleasure for us and uh, not uh, a a point of uh, pain and suffering so suffering so that actually turns us to our to the fourth goal which is uh, freedom liberation or moksha so in this context what what does freedom or liberation mean here as one of the four life goals well it means waking up it, it means being enlightened um free from faults identification you know, with the body and mind, you know, thinking that's what we are, right. you know, that we were, that we were born, we'll die, you know, uh, with the body and the mind. It, it's recognizing that we are spiritual beings, you know, we came from somewhere and we return there. Um, we are not limited to this body-mind identity. So it's liberation from that false idea and also liberation from um unconsciously acting out of uh, habitual patterns you know in the subconscious mind exactly um be, have touched on that already a little bit about the being able to um to respond to something rather than just triggered into a, into a reaction so i think yogananda was really really clear about um liberation being something that was attainable for everyone and not just for the most spiritually advanced, you know, those few people, maybe up in the Himalayas in a cave or something. Mm-hmm. So so can you say a little bit more about that, how liberation is really something that's available to all of us? Well, it's available because it's simply the revelation of the truth, 
you know, of of what we are as spiritual beings. You know, it's it's freedom from what is not true. It's freedom from false identification. So, you know, in the Kriya Yoga tradition, it's it's taught, you know, from the very beginning, um, for us that it's our destiny to awaken. You know, uh, I always think of it like, well, what's true is ultimately going to reveal itself. You know, yeah. at some point, it's 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 just going to truth will rise. You know, I love that thought. The truth just rises, and it is revealed. And so, uh, it's it's offered. You know, as the certain destiny of every person, because it's the truth of every person. It's 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 already what we are. So that is why there's such an emphasis that it is possible um, because it's not doesn't have to do with becoming something that you're not. Um, freedom is our divine inheritance, and uh, at some point, you know, we we come to recognize that, and uh, that is this this path of you know waking up. So uh, it is for everyone, and you know the the main obstacle I think that we have to this is is thinking that it's not possible for us. So we, you know, we're encouraged on the path of Kriya Yoga to to put that idea aside and uh, to recognize it's possible because it's as possible as our own existence. Mm. <laughs> yeah, lovely. So, unbelievably, we're coming, we have just a couple more minutes left. And I was wondering um, if you wanted maybe to share another poem or did you just want to maybe do a little... Um, you know, last little summary of uh, some encouragement or inspiration uh, that people might come away from this program with. I think I'll, I'll close with a poem about uh, attending to the self. It's this from a poem about meditation. Sometimes I say, when you meditate, just let your mind sink into your heart. Um, with the breath that you just drop down into your essential nature. So this poem is called Anahat, and Anahat is the Sanskrit term for the heart chakra, the heart center, or um, not the physical heart, but the spiritual heart. And Anahat means unstruck, um, and it refers to this constant, um, constantly available, constantly resounding vibration of Om, the primal sound, the holy word, that resonance that is evidence of the divine presence uh, within us and all around us. So it's called Anahat. Listen with presence. Like the fingers of a cellist, listen to the strings. Like the moon, listens to the sun, like a bee listens to the fuchsia bell and loses himself in the whirl, like the mind listens to the heart, tastes the sound of bliss and meets the self again. Hmm. Just lovely. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Laurel, Dr. Trujillo. It's such a pleasure um, getting to have this conversation about Dharma, and I'm so appreciative of your um, work with the Yoga Hour. It's uh, fabulous. I thank you. I thank the whole team, and uh, thank you for mentioning the Dharma 365 course, too. Um, we're really enjoying that, and anybody can join in any time for that. Yes. So once again, if you're interested in that Dharma 365 course, you can find out more about it at the website ellengraceobrien.com. And O'Brien is O-B-R-I-A-N.com. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure, really, to share this time with you and with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We've been discussing the four goals for spiritually conscious living, the first of our continuing series on Dharma. As I mentioned, Yogacharya is the founder of uh, and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment and of Carry the, Divi- the Vision. Uh, a secular nonprofit organization dedicated to restoring lives and communities through nonviolence education, uh, creating a peaceful and compassionate world. And again, um, we wanted to specifically call your attention to the Dharma 365 program, the website ellengraceobrien.com, and for CSE, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, the website csecenter.org. Join us next week when I will be joined by Ganilla Norris, spiritual teacher, psychotherapist, author, and poet, as we discuss spiritual practices that help us kindle the fire of yoga within us. Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a center in a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Please remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast. Tell a friend if you're enjoying our, our podcast. You can find us at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you again to the Yoga Hour team, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, and of course, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Thanks, Yogacharya. Thank you so much, and blessings to all, my love and gratitude to all the listeners, and to you and to the team there at Unity. Thank you, Jeff. Bye. All right. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org.
you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Too often, people desire prosperity but are not willing to pay the price. What is the price? It is sharing, giving, loving, and caring. Prosperity needs an inflow and an outflow, just as a body of water does if it is to remain fresh and clean. As we create an outflow by giving in love, we experience the inflow of a greater awareness of good in our lives. Perhaps you've been led to believe that for every winner in this game we call life, there must be a loser. The truth is that you rarely lose by giving. In giving freely without thought of return, we set in motion a great momentum of goodness. When we give, everyone is a winner. You have something unique to offer the world, something no one else can give. Whatever your gift, know that it is precious, give it freely, share it in love. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 